What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we are reacting to another episode of Brittany Dawn's podcast, Chiseled and Called. This is the episode where she will be talking about her testimony. So it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Before we do get into that, though, I just need to give a blanket disclaimer. I've never listen to this episode before. I am listening to it for the first time with you. Obviously, if you follow Brittany Dawn on socials, you've seen certain elements of what we can kind of assume is going to be shared in this podcast episode, but um, I don't know what's going to come out of her mouth and what my reaction is going to be to it. So I just feel like I need to say like straight out the gate, any criticism I give of the things that she says does not mean that I am saying Brittany Dawn is not a Christian. I believe that she is a Christian because she says that she is. And so even if the way she practices her faith is different than I do, or if we hold different beliefs regarding what the Bible says or certain interpretations of scripture, I I'm obviously going to have my opinion and I know what I believe to be true, and even if that goes against what Brittany believes to be true, I don't ever want it to seem like I'm on here saying like, well, she believes something different than me in, you know, in terms of this or regarding this, so she's not a Christian, because I'm not saying that. I'd be like, I need to put that out there. I'm not trying to take anything away from her belief um, or from her, her faith, her religion, whatever it may be. I am just reacting to the episode. This is her like kind of sharing her side of things that she says she's not been able to share. And you guys really like, I think, um, having kind of the buffer of me listening to it with you and giving my opinion. So that way you're not just purely getting Brittany and Jordan and being like, oh my gosh, this makes no sense. My mind is going haywire. We have a little bit of conversation about it. And I've seen a lot of comments saying that. So I'm going to react to it. I'm going to give my opinion. I'm going to be honest. But again, I don't want anything I say to make it seem like I am saying that Brittany Dawn is not a Christian or not a real Christian, because I don't think that that's a fair thing to say about somebody else. I think we can critique the actions and we can um, discuss beliefs that we might see differently or, you know, we might perceive different aspects of Christianity differently and we might live those out differently. And I'm certainly going to share my opinion on them, but I'm never going to say that Brittany Dawn doesn't believe in God or that she is not a Christian because that's not my place to make that judgment. I just wanted to put that out there, make that disclaimer, get it out of the way before we even get into the reaction. And we're going to get into that reaction right after we do win for the week. And if you are newer to my channel, a win for the week is where we all share something positive that happened over the past week. It could be something big, small, in between, whatever it may be, just something that you had fun doing, an exciting thing that happened to you in your life, something cool you got to do, whatever it may be, just something that made you happy or grateful or gave you joy. Leave it in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this specific episode. I'm going to have to say my win for the week ultimately is being able to somewhat salvage last week's video. If you saw my pinned comment, ooh, that was a tough one. I'd filmed last week's episode before I went on vacation and I had mostly edited it, but there was still just a little bit that had to like get finished up and then I was going to export it and upload it while I was in San Diego because I was in San Diego on vacation with my husband and my parents and my siblings and my nieces and nephews and 
it was super fun. Um, but I was going to export it and upload while we were on vacation. So I didn't miss a week and the footage got corrupted. So the video part of the footage, I don't know what happened, but I edited the entire thing and then I went to export and it kept failing because the footage was corrupted. I tried a bunch of stuff. I tried to find all of the corrupted clips, but it was just, uh, it was above my pay grade. I'll say that. I'm not super tech savvy. And so in trying to find these clips that were corrupted and see what I could do, it just was not working out for me. And so as sad as I was to lose the video footage for last week's episode, I'm super grateful that I was able to export the audio and get something up for you. Um, it, it took me a long time to film that. The video itself at the end was almost two hours. And so just the thought of having to refilm that entire thing, I was like, oh no. But we finagled it. We made it work. And thank you so much if you watched or listened to last week's episode and left a comment. It really does mean a lot to me that even though it wasn't what uh, the people who watch the video are used to. You still took the time to check it out and I really appreciate it. So that's my win for the week. I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. And without any further ado, let's get into this latest podcast episode from Brittany Dawn. Jordan's going to be in it too. I'm going to read the description of it to you because I think it'll set um, a good stage for what we are going to be hearing about when Brittany shares her testimony. Okay, so this episode is titled My Testimony, and in the description of this particular episode, it says, I'm just a washed-up fitness girl transformed by the grace of God. As we move into part four of this series, I'll be sharing my testimony for the very first time. I've briefly shared the Cliff Notes version of my testimony at speaking events, but I've never shared it in full with my community on my social media platforms. If you find anything in this episode that resonates with you and the things that you faced, I pray that my story will lead you to Christ. He is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. My husband Jordan is by my side for support today, and I'm so grateful for that as always. Here are a few reasons to listen to the entire episode with my husband Jordan. How the enemy has been trying to take me out since childhood. Next bullet point says sexual sin, pornography, and the many strongholds in my life. Talk about caffeine addiction, I would bet. Uh, the waves and seasons of depression, reaching the end of myself, which I'm assuming is going to be like her having a realization that she's not the one who is all-knowing or in control of everything and she can't be the only person that she relies on. She has to give things up to God and like that's just my prediction again. Last one is my radical encounter with Jesus and then it says if you don't know how to walk this walk out or if you want to know Jesus and don't know where to start please message me over on the chiseled and called podcast Instagram. I'd love to chat with you encourage you and be a sister in Christ to you. And then she does also have something that says support the show. I've never really looked at the description of her episodes too much but I just want to see what it is oh it's a patreon hmm, okay I didn't know she had a patreon but all right she does that settles that let's go ahead and get into this podcast episode forever marked forever changed forever going to live for the glory of the Lord because I I shouldn't be here today I shouldn't be alive to be able to share this testimony but I am by the grace of God you're listening to Chiseled and Called with Brittany Dawn, a podcast about finding freedom in imperfection and peace in your broken pieces through Jesus. Our prayer is that today's message will bless you, embolden you, and fix your gaze on the King 
that it will stir up the calling God has placed within you. Without further ado, here's your host, Brittany Don. We got to dance to it. Welcome to the Chiseled and Called podcast. My name is Brittany Dawn. Hi. And I am here with my co-host. Uh, yeah. Is it, does Shocked. that sound right? I don't, I don't know if I'm a co-host because I'm not on all of them. Well, but you said that last time. You, you were like, have I earned the title? Did I co-host? get promoted? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, just, I'm just a featured guest. Yeah. You're my favorite guest. Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. Happy to be here. Gave me a pep talk before this because honestly, I'm pretty nervous about this episode and he already has me crying yeah well, the, the struggle of being a husband yeah well you're the best husband you, you give a encouraging you can do this speech and it results in tears and you're like i didn't even say anything bad <laughs> you but did here we are yeah a loss here we are oh, what are you talking weird... about today we're talking about my testimony for mm. the very I feel like especially with these past few episodes I don't know about in general but with the past few episodes it's been very much like I rely on my husband to get me through this I need him here as my backup to share my story and I don't know if that's genuine or not like if she's just saying it to again appeal to a certain subsect of her audience of like I'm just a little girl and I need a big strong husband to support me because I can't do anything on my own or if it's genuine I I don't know you you do you think that he actually gave her a pep talk that made her cry before she started filming this or it's just like a way to prime the audience of like I'm being so vulnerable right now this is going to be really emotional I'm curious to hear your thoughts on whether or not that's genuine. First time I've never shared my testimony anywhere, um, but it will be going live officially. I was going to say out to the world. And then I saw like a picture of spider legs in my head, like spidey webs. That was weird. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> We're just going to delete that. That was so funny weird in my I head. I think we keep that part in. Do you ever, do you ever like what? your mouth wants to say one word, <laughs> but then your head thinks of another and you're like, you get caught up on your own tongue. Yeah. This is pure gold. They have to keep <laughs> this part in. Like this is ridiculous. You okay. are such a weirdo sometimes. I and am. I love it. Like you are the most beautiful disaster <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I, that's so mean. I would be so offended if somebody said that to me, that I'm a beautiful disaster. Like, oh, okay. I legitimately wish I knew what was going on in your head sometimes. Babe, I don't even know what's going on in my head sometimes. I don't think your head knows what's going on inside of it. Thank the Lord I have the Lord. <laughs> Thank the Lord I have the Lord. That's a t-shirt idea if I've ever heard one. Amen. Yeah, but we're jumping into my testimony today. Yeah. Where are we starting? <sighs> I'm just here for moral support. Yeah. And I don't know. Well. Keep you honest on your time because I feel like you probably I talk can... on this for three hours. And... Well, I don't think so. You know, I'm actually, I have notes in front of me, but these notes are from like two years ago, yeah. you know, because I've shared my testimony in speaking events, that kind of thing. Um, but I've never shared it with my platform Mm -hmm. on any of my social media pages and whatnot. And so I've mastered 
the five to 10 minute cliff notes version of yeah. a testimony, which I feel like as a Christian, we should be able to give someone our even two minute, one or two minute version of our testimony about how we came to know the Lord and what the Lord has done for us. And so I've mastered that, but having a full blown conversation about it is not something I've ever done. Yeah. So I've actually been a little worried, not worried, but like concerned about, okay, how is this going to go? Because mm. you've never done this before. You've, you've done it a thousand times the other direction, but never this one. And so it's like, a, like I suck. You suck. Thanks Eve. You can't do it without him. <laughs> Amen. Got to get to the end of yourself. I got a bone to pick with Eve when I get to heaven. Yeah. There's a TikTok oh about that. God. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I don't even know who it is that made it, but it's, it's gold. Solid I suck. Gold. You suck. Thanks Eve. We're going to hell. <laughs> but for Jesus. the grace of Jesus, <laughs> what did you, were you singing? Maybe. Did you just sing? I can't hear Maybe. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Maybe All I saw was your here. mouth moving as if you were singing. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. He is so mean to her. It comes off as a joke, like a friendly roast, but that's so mean. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't roast people that you love because that's like one of the love languages in my family is like joking about each other. But in this particular episode, when Brittany is going to apparently be getting very vulnerable and sharing something super deeply personal, you can't like resist you can't help yourself and being like oh god you're gonna sing <laughs> if this hey if britney is happy in the relationship that's great but i say time and place well but jesus won't he do it that was terrible beautiful babe mm. okay well where are you starting babe well uh, i'm gonna get through this with no tears i believe it well okay there's no such thing as bad tears when you're talking about the the most pivotal what, moment what of you my led life. you to the best and most beautiful decision of your life yeah and uh and what gives you infinite hope so there's i mean everybody's got a story everybody's got a past yeah everybody's got you know most most christians who took their you know decision to turn from sin and, and, and go towards the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, most of those people have a, a rough story, yeah. that, you know, and that's their story. Cause and, our God's a redeemer. Yeah. He comes to set the captive free. Yeah. So <sighs> hit me with it. Big sigh. Big yeah. sigh. Um, well, my prayer is that, these words that I'm about to speak are the Lord's and not my own, and that the Holy Spirit would speak through me to anyone that's listening to this that maybe is in a season of life that I was previously and or has been rescued from that season and is looking for, you know, just encouragement today. I believe that the Lord is going to do a good thing. The Bible tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and revelation, I believe. So that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, most of you guys probably know me. Uh, I'm going to be so honest mentally. I just 
checked out for a second and the thing that brought me back is she said it says that in revelation i believe and it caught my attention because britney tends to do that pretty frequently she'll say something and then she'll be like there's something about that in the bible i think the bible says that too i think there's it says something like that in revelations i think it's like if you don't know you don't know why are you gonna throw it out there and be like i think that's in the bible like either look it up or just say the thing and say like this is my opinion on it, or this is what I understand to be true. And you don't have to add like, oh, it says that in the Bible, I think. I don't know why that bugs me. I think it's a really petty thing to be bothered by. But for some reason, every time she does it, I'm like, stop, just just say what you believe. You don't got to add the, I think it says that in the Bible, or I think it says that in Revelation. Either look it up or don't add that second part. All right, I got to get sat up straight so I can focus and pay attention to this. It's 110 degrees outside, and so like just functioning in everyday life right now is a little bit of a struggle, and so I was sitting here thinking like, man, it's really hot, but I got to push that thought out of my brain. I got to pay attention. Let's hear it. The washed up fitness girl transformed by the grace of God, but again, I've never actually shared that story, and so let's um, let's jump in and and talk about it. So, um, the enemy has ultimately been trying to take me out since I was a kid. I'm not going to really go into my childhood, but there are two, really one, um, moment in my childhood that really impacted me for the rest of my life. Um, but he was at me from a very young age. When I was born, I was in the NICU. Then I started having seizures and I almost drowned twice and transported by ambulance, crazy stuff. And, um, and then when I was about six, we're just going to, we're just diving in, babe. Um, it's the best one. Okay. I don't know the full story behind that, but if you almost drown twice to me, that sounds like a supervision issue. I could be wrong. These could be like total freak accidents of like something that was totally out of an adult's control. But if as a child, you almost drown twice, that's the first thing that pops into my head is like, there's a supervision issue happening that, that, that almost occurred twice way to do it this feels vulnerable to say dang yeah yeah Um, of course yes when i was six i was placed in a situation where i was exposed to sexual things and it wasn't it wasn't by family. It wasn't by family at all. It was by someone that I considered a friend at such a young age and that forever impacted the rest of my life. Um, I ended up struggling with, here's the first thing on the list, (laughs) ended up struggling with masturbation um, from a very, very, very young age up until the Lord set me free years ago. And ultimately that built into me a very addictive personality that took over my life in my later years when I was a teenager. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian household. I grew up knowing about the Lord, but I never lived for him. Um, we went to church, went to church camp, I knew of him, but by the time I was 18, I was running so far from him and, uh, you know, all the typical things that a teenager gets caught up in, 
boys and partying and, and alcohol. And that was this, that was kind of the direction I started going very quickly. Okay. So going back to what she shared happened when she was six, that's very, very vague saying that you were exposed to something sexual as a six-year-old can mean a million different things. And so I don't want to speculate too heavily on that, but it does just like, it, it makes me have different thoughts in my head of like, well, what was it specifically? Like what happened? You know, again, I don't, I don't want to speculate or say like, it could be this, or it could be this, or it could range from like this thing to this thing. But like, logically, I think if you're listening to this and you hear that being said, I'm sure you can kind of infer what my thought process is. Like we probably have a lot of the same thoughts of like just saying at six you were exposed to something sexual by a friend can mean a wide variety of things. And so I don't know what it was. It could have been something deeply traumatic for her. It could have been a case of childhood curiosity that made her feel uncomfortable that wasn't good for her right so I don't want to like dig into it and be like well maybe it was this but I do want to comment on her saying that it led her into a pattern of masturbation until the Lord set her free from that sexual shame is such a pervasive part of Christianity in America at least in my experience and in the experiences of so many other people that I know it's so commonly talked about like not the fact that the the shame is an issue, but implanting shame on people is something that happens quite a bit. And so I've talked about this with Girl Defined before. I don't think that's something that someone needs to feel shameful for. I think we all have bodies and urges and curiosities. And like, I, I don't think that there's a problem with people masturbating. I'm just going to say that. And it makes me sad to think about people who take it very seriously. Like I think about Kristen from Girl Defined, who has frequently talked about the shame that she has felt and the struggle that she felt and how she went and confessed this sin to her parents and how awful she must feel purely for exploring her body and doing something to her own body that feels good. It makes me so incredibly sad to think about the the women and, and men too, in Christianity who just have this immense sense of like, I'm disgusting. I'm a dirt bag for touching myself. It, it makes me really, really sad that there are people who genuinely um, feel like they've done something wrong or are dirty or shameful or sinning for exploring their own bodies. I don't think that's right. And I wish that as Christians, we could step away from that because there are far greater issues that we should be worried about than that. There, there are far greater issues in the way that we treat each other and the way that we treat people and how we live up to the example that Christ set for us that are so much more impactful and so much more important than somebody exploring their own body. By the age of 20, I had slipped into my first eating disorder. I remember that addictive personality coming over me and wanting to lose weight. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I had dropped so much weight that I was almost hospitalized. Did you have like an image of yourself 
did you have an issue with the way you looked? Yeah, I did. And that actually, I'm glad you asked that. That leads me to my next thing. So I, I, I'll never forget this. By this point, I'm probably 21 and I'll never forget standing in front of the mirror. And I was in a bikini because I was, I would take progress pictures of myself. They were not, nothing for anyone else to see but myself. And I was taking a picture and I remember being confused because when I looked in the mirror, I saw my old self, the the previous to the weight loss, Brittany. But then when I would look on my phone at the photo, it looked different than what I was seeing. Hmm. And that was really when body dysmorphia got a hold of me. No matter how well you eat. Yeah. No matter how hard you'd work out, no matter how much weight you lost, you still saw yourself as yeah. the old you. Yeah. And I, I now looking back know that that's a very strategic attack, attack from the enemy to distort our perception of ourselves to lead us down a path like he did me. Um, it made me sicker. Yeah and sicker and sicker. And, um, from there, I, I actually, um, my mom sat me down one night. I came home from work and she slid a piece of paper in front of me that said anorexia athletica. It was like a Wikipedia, you know, informative type article. And she looked at me and she said, Brittany, either you get, you go get help or you fix this yourself. And she gave me two weeks and I was so stubborn (laughs) that I tried to fix myself and, um, flash forward a year, you know, it's when you have an addictive personality, you just mask it with the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that's what I did. I went from my first eating disorder into competing with This is another thing where I'm not going to add too much commentary other than to say I feel sad for Brittany in this situation. I knew that she'd struggled with eating disorders and um, so this isn't anything particularly new for, for me to hear, but it does make me feel sad. I feel empathy for anybody who struggles with the way that they look or looks in the mirror and like the reflection that they see back makes them feel unworthy of love or less than or you know whatever negative emotions they feel looking at their own body and especially when it gets to a point where it starts impacting your behavior in a negative way or it takes over your thought process and you know you have trouble focusing on other things because you're so concerned with how you look when this is literally like just a body like it's just it's bones and skin and muscle and fat and it has nothing to do with your worth as a human being and so I feel really really sad for for Brittany in this particular circumstance and I am glad that her mom addressed it I don't know all the details like it kind of throws me off to hear a parent say like either you fix it yourself or like you know we're gonna call somebody to fix it because obviously if she was struggling in secret with an eating disorder and not telling anybody like how do you fix that in two weeks I, I don't know that's a completely other conversation, but that's all I wanted to just kind of interject here. Which I was very good at because of how disciplined I was and really lost myself around that time. 
I, I fell in love with fitness, but my entire identity became fitness. It became my body, my looks, the attention I was getting. This was also simultaneously around the same time that Instagram had started. And so my platform was growing and that dopamine hit from, you know, the likes and the comments and things going viral. And, and I was hooked. I wanted to. Oh, I bet if you feel bad about yourself, if you have body dysmorphia and you don't have a positive image of yourself, like your, your self-esteem and your validation isn't coming from knowing your own worth, like internally and you're getting external validation. Yeah, of course. Like, of course she's going to be hooked. Work harder, be better, you know, all of the things, the the hustle grind mentality. And um, pretty Ultimately, soon. I think that those situations, like having the addictive personality, I think that you, that's just a front. Yeah. It's something to dive into. Mm-hmm. And give your entire being, your entire all of your attention, all of your effort when you're just it's a band-aid on a gunshot wound. Yeah. Well, and, and I was so scared of showing anyone my heart in that time of my life. Like there was so much chaos going on inside of me that I mean, I remember I would be alone and I would just have breakdowns and meltdowns. And, um, I think that was around the time when I started experiencing the first waves of depression because I, and I I didn't understand why, because I had a growing business by then and I had the body and the, the career and this and that, the following, you know, I, I, and I didn't understand why I wasn't happy. So, because that's not where true happiness comes from. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Is that a spoiler alert? No. <laughs> I think you're saying what everyone uh everyone already knows here, but yeah, so it's it's not news to anyone here that I was previously married. I got married at a relatively young age. I was 25. And that was very short-lived. While I'm not in the business of ever bashing anyone, that's just not my character, nor do I ever want to be responsible for making someone feel the repercussions of the things that I've gone through. Um, I will say what? that it it was for the best. That You don't want anyone to experience the repercussions from the things that you've gone through? What? I'm trying to process that sentence and figure out what she meant by that. Does she mean she doesn't want anyone to experience things similar to the, like the repercussions that she's experienced because of what she's gone through or with her ex-husband, it's like, because of this relation to me, I don't want to say anything negative at this point in time. I have no idea, but I will say when they first got divorced, she didn't have a problem speaking negatively about him. So... I mean, people's opinions on situations and how much they're comfortable sharing and how they want to speak about somebody, that can definitely change over time. But for her to be like, I've never been like that. Well, eh, I don't know about that. You sure about that? It ended. And I'm grateful that the Lord gracefully guided me out of that. 
so that was we got married in 2016 and I was leaving and signing my first apartment lease that I could find in Dallas by the end of 2017. So a little over a year and a half. Um, and that was, that was really a rock bottom for me, which curveball that wasn't even the biggest rock bottom. We haven't quite gotten to that part yet, but I remember moving to Dallas and he had been my high school sweetheart. So everything I had known had been just had crumbled. It made me realize you can't trust anyone. It made me feel like so much of my life that I had built was a lie. And it really made me question reality. Like what is life, you know? And that's, those were kind of some of the moments where I started struggling with suicidal ideation. Um, the, the hateful things that were being said about me by the other party um, crushed me. And yeah, so, you know, when you don't have your identity rooted in Christ, when you're desperate and, and hungry for attention and, and seeking validation, you're going to try to find it in the world. And so immediately I was like, oh, well, you know, we haven't tried this avenue yet. And immediately started walking myself straight into sexual sin. Um, and that she definitely doesn't have to share this, but something that just popped into my head as a question, just like purely out of curiosity, is if they were high school sweethearts and she developed an eating disorder at 20 and then they got married at 25, it's like if y'all were together, presumably for that whole time, did what did he do about the eating disorder? Like, did he notice? Did he do anything to try and help you? She had also said that she, at that time when she was like 20-ish, wasn't willing to share her heart with anybody. So maybe they dated, broke up, got back together. I don't know. Maybe some of y'all know um, like more of the finer details of that time period. I didn't really start paying attention to Brittany Dawn until 2019. So I'm definitely not well-versed on the details prior to that. Comes with a whole strand of, you know, ties, soul ties and pornography um, lust, you know, masturbation. I, I mentioned that pretty early on. That was something that heavily, heavily impacted my life. Um, cause what Your it didn't validation in attention. Yeah. From that. Well, and what I, I didn't realize was that, you know, I now know this, but every time you masturbate, you're inviting demons in and <gasps> knowing that now, like, it's it's wild to say that because I look back on my life and I I see all those moments where like, wow, that's why I struggled with lust. That's why I struggled with this temptation and that temptation and sexual sin and pornography. It's because I was I was welcoming those spirits in. And it it breaks my heart to know that my innocence was robbed from me at such a young age. And that's hard for me to even say. I think the reason I got choked up when I first started talking about that is because I I know my parents listen to this. And I've never told them that, you know? Mm-hmm. 
That's really hard. Can you give oh a little bit of... Okay, but before Jordan asks his question, what? You're inviting demons? Like, I'm so sorry to have this demeanor as she's, like, starting to tear up about something else, but what? Like, can you cite your source, provide something? How did you learn that? Who told you that? What is your biblical backing of inviting demons every time you masturbate? I, uh, what? <laughs> I just got stuck on stupid and like malfunctioned for a minute there. Okay. Without sharing identities or too much detail, can you give a little bit more context onto that situation? Yeah. How it happened? Yeah. Um, I was, like I said, I was six years old and I mean, I can, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. It was at a friend's and... I remember I had been dropped off, either my mom or my dad. I, I don't remember that detail, but they had dropped me off and um, I was at her house and we were just in her bedroom and just doing kid things, you know, playing with toys and listening to music and innocent, innocent kid things. Um, and, and just like that, it turned and, and it, it shifted and all of a sudden, like I was, I was being touched and by another child, Yeah, your friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember being so confused, like, like, and you know, kids don't know. They, they're so innocent. They don't understand those things. Mm -hmm. Unless they're taught. Yeah. Those things. And like, this is why, I mean, I, you know, I have such a heart for, for children because like, I never want a child to experience what I experienced. And yeah, so that, that really, I mean, okay. from that moment forward, it, it opened up, you know, we see it in the news and the media, like those things opening up doors for kids, curiosity and questioning and wondering. And, and that's what happened to me. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that is ultimately what started a lot of the sexual sin and the, the strongholds in my life. I, uh, I just jumped in full speed ahead and. Okay. So from the details that she is sharing, my understanding of the situation is she was at a friend's house. They were playing, just having fun. And then somehow there was a, a shift and instead of you know like just playing with toys and having fun this friend who was either Britney's age or around Britney's age started to touch her in a way that was sexual it does make me really sad to know that like Britney felt like that was a really impactful hurt impactful thing in a negative way like a hurtful thing and she didn't feel like she could talk to her parents about it. I, I do think that that leads to a complex relationship with how you view sex and, and sexuality is if inherently like she and again, like this is me speculating. If she was uncomfortable with that, which it seems like she was because she's crying about it now. And she said that like her parents have never heard this. She's never talked to them about it. And, and again, she's being emotional and she's crying. If that was something that made her uncomfortable and impacted her in a negative way and she felt like she couldn't tell her parents about it or it didn't even occur to her, 
even though she was uncomfortable to say something to her parents or to like ask if that was normal or say like, hey, this thing happened. I don't know how I feel about it. That can lead to a really confusing relationship with how you view your body and how other people are allowed to interact with your body and consent. So it makes me really sad that something like this happened to her at a young age and impacted her negatively. And I have no doubt that that sense of confusion or shame followed her into her sexual experiences as an adult because she didn't process it with anybody. Promiscuity, sleeping around just all of it, all the above, um, watching pornography. And I was just completely consumed within months of the Dallas life. Now I say that I, I absolutely love Dallas. Dallas will always feel like home to me because it was such a big season of my life. You're smiling. Cause you're like, nah, Fort Worth is home. Cause it's, you're the only one. <laughs> But it was, it, it was a, it was really a season of trying to find out who I was only to find my identity in Christ. If it wasn't for Dallas, you wouldn't have been put in the setting to mm -hmm. find the Lord. Yeah. So and that, that space was created by a church over there. Yeah, absolutely. Which well, is obviously to this day, a, a special place for you. Mm -hmm. Very special place. Yeah. And we'll get to that. So completely consumed by the Dallas lifestyle. Um, I want to read off a list of some things that I really started struggling with once I moved to Dallas in search of like trying to find my identity, trying to find who I was, trying to just find myself again. And that's a dangerous mindset to have when you're trying to find yourself. It's just like that new age, like, do you be you do what makes you happy? Yeah, our culture perpetuates mm -hmm. that. Yeah, exactly. And self-indulgence. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think trying to find yourself and, and form a strong sense of who you are is the same as being self-indulgent. I'm not sure how those two are related, except if you are like, if you're trying to find yourself and you discover that you're a person who only cares about yourself and is going to do whatever you want, regardless of whether or not it's healthy or it hurts somebody else, but just truly trying to be like, what is my identity? And I know that for Christians, it's that your identity is found in Christ and that's kind of the the central focus is trying to follow Christ's teachings, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong to be like, what do I value? Who am I? Like, what what kind of person am I? What is my identity? And being reflective and and like looking inwards to see like, what do I do? How do I act? How do I align with this or that? Am I proud of who I am? Are there things that I wish I could change? Like self-reflection isn't a bad thing. And they're trying to make it sound like you shouldn't even think about those things. It should just be like, my identity is in Christ. So that's my identity. I don't have to think about my actions. I don't have to think about what I do. I don't have to be retrospective or introspective and like think about things that are going on. Like it's just Christ where I think that there's a balance there. I really just got slowed back up into you know, sexual sin, promiscuity, um, pornography. I got my second eating disorder. I was dressing provocatively, um, trying to get any and all attention from men. Which, if my legs looked like that, <laughs> I would wear 
shorter shorts as well. But here's the thing, babe. Mine don't. My legs still. No, I, I wear that. It's a heart posture. Like, sure. You know, and it's, we'll get to that, which mm-hmm. that's a whole podcast episode in itself. Modesty, because it's just, a, it's a heart. Well, if you can't wear short shorts because your heart posture has changed, why do you wear bikini bottoms? Like uh, what? I don't know. Maybe I'm ignorant and there's something that I'm not getting about the sentiment behind that, but that's my first thought when she says that. Conversation to have. I think a lot of women are either on one side or they're not. You could probably take a deep dive into mm-hmm. modesty. It all starts with the heart. Mm-hmm. There's a heart's intent behind everything, even what we wear. Um, materialism vanity addicted to fitness i had anxiety panic attacks um i started abusing pills um eating disorder again just everything there was there was so much that i was walking through and um my business had been at an all-time high i was just living my dream life this was by 2018 i mean i had all the attention I could want, the the social media status, the career. I was traveling every month. I was getting to go, you know, anywhere across the country that I wanted to go. I wasn't really traveling internationally. Haven't done that yet. We'll get there. But um, just it was like the the enemy handed me an apple and I bit into it. And Can I say something? Right yeah. Now? Like... No, you can't. What's funny to me is, and you know, not to get back into your fitness business, but there were a lot of women who paid for fitness plans and diets mm-hmm. that you followed, that yeah. you had created yeah, to try to look more like you, to be fit and have what you portrayed online, mm-hmm. yeah. right? This, this fit and healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And just to call a spade a spade here, but it, you were a mess yeah. on the inside. Yeah. That's not apart. what, like you looked like you had it all together on social media, but you really didn't. No. And I think, is it just me or is he speaking extremely slowly? That that was hard for me to listen to. I think what I was putting out there on social media was in hopes that I could even feel like that. Like I remember yeah. I would post encouraging things and I would I would post scriptures and I was the furthest from the Lord. That's what was so scary. Like I thank the Lord every day that he wrecked me when he did and and we're getting to that because I would have been, had something happened to me, I wasn't going to heaven. Nope, there you go. Bull in the china cabinet again. Sorry. Every podcast. I don't know why. I was thinking about this as I was editing the last episode. Did, did they both say a bowl in a china cabinet or a bowl in a china cabinet? It really doesn't matter, but I've always heard like a bowl in a china shop. But I've never heard bull or bowl in a china cabinet. Again, completely irrelevant, but it caught my ear when I was editing the last episode and now with this one too, how she said it. I'm like, 
What are you saying? I keep getting invited back. Because is it because I'm just here and honestly, you feel like bad for me that you're like, well, I'm going to record a podcast and Jordan's here. So I guess I'll just bring him in on this. Golly, no, sorry. I mean, just like you said, it's entertaining for one. You. I can't sit still. It's because having a husband is part of Brittany Dawn's social media identity. So she's using him being there to her advantage. Two, I'm always moving something or when you've got gadgets on your side of the desk right now, like All right, let's not talk about our desks right now. I'm in a I'm in a transition season on yeah. some things. Yeah. And that season's taking around a lot longer than I think you had hoped for. Amen. It sure is. All right. We were really talking about something serious yeah. and I had to mess it up. Way to go, yeah. babe. Sorry. Where were we? Way to go. Um I think that that is an overt projection. Yeah. Like you looked like you had it all together. You're posting the scriptures. You're, you know, portraying this healthy lifestyle. But at the end of the day, like you're not, you're, you know, you're, you started abusing pills. You started, which this isn't about me. Um, None of this is being said in a, in an accusatory manner. It's, I'm just, Helping you with the conversation here because my story is, I mean, I'm a, I'm a functioning derelict and a piece of crap human that is <laughs> only made somewhat tolerable. And if left to my own devices, I'm pure evil. Um, oh, we just, all are. Yeah. What? But but for the grace of of God. So, yeah. um, but it's just yeah, you you were portraying this. What? Like you, you, oh, oh, you shouldn't need the fear of hell to be a moral person. Like to say I would be a piece of crap if left to my own devices is just a statement on your integrity. And I know that that's what he was presenting it as, but it's like, you're a Christian, so you believe in heaven and hell and you want to follow Christ so you don't go to hell, so you can go to heaven. And you're saying that if you didn't have that threat of eternal damnation, you would just be a POS. Like that that's what I hear when you say that. You're saying that people are incapable of being ethical people or morally sound or even like kind people unless they believe the exact same thing that you do. And you're saying that the only reason that you are a decent person person not even a good person because he's a functioning derelict being a a relatively tolerable person the only reason that you are relatively tolerable is because you're afraid of going to hell and i know that he didn't say the going to hell part explicitly but that's the implication of it is i'm a christian so i believe in heaven and hell and i want to be a good christian so i can go to heaven and so that's why i'm going to be relatively tolerable bro you stumped me on that one my gosh super healthy, amazing lifestyle, but you were just so broken on the inside. I was And that is so, that is so many people. Yeah. And I I think, you know, because we can't fully, one, we can't fully know who we are without Christ. And two, we can't fully heal without Christ. Like there's so much information and, and I felt, pray to that, the new age beliefs of, well, if you get this, you'll be happy. If you do this, you'll heal. If you take Mm -hmm. the bubble bath, go read the book, go on the walk, like all the self-care, which are great things, 
Yeah, but they're on but this it, world. They're not. Yeah. That's if not you're doing new all of those without Jesus, you're missing the whole point. Yeah. You're missing the mark. Well, it's like the people that, and, I'm, and I, I know people like this. God bless them. They're amazing. I love the people, and, and there's a place for them, and I mm-hmm. love them. But like you and I, our stories were, we had to get to the end of ourselves. Yeah. We had to get to the end of that. Mm-hmm. There are some people who encounter the Lord during a good season. Yeah. They are not in turmoil, in strife. They are not on the verge of suicide. Mm-hmm. They are not on, you know, this broken road. Yeah. They're, they're just fine. Yeah. And there's a seat at the table with the Lord for them just as, mm-hmm. as there is the broken and the people that are yeah. at the end of their they're themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the stubborn ones like probably you and I mm-hmm. that really, truly have to find the end of, them, of yeah. themselves. Maybe we're a little arrogant, a little pompous that we can do it ourselves and that we can find that happiness with the things of this world. But it's so well, not true. And that's what it was. Is It was pride. My pride was in the way. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs that pride comes before the fall and yeah. it was the perfect setup for a huge downfall. Again, um, you know, it, 2018 was what I thought to be the best year of my life. I had everything going for me. I had the world at my hands, but to have the world in your hands without Jesus being the one holding it, is a very dangerous place to be. And leading up to 2019, I had been struggling with the worst panic attacks I'd ever had. Um, so much anxiety. I, I've shared my story on YouTube, but I had, I was encountering sleep paralysis, um, which is a demonic attack. Truly some of the scariest nights of my life. Um, I fell into my third eating disorder I, at that point, was in an abusive relationships that really pushed me into my third eating disorder, um, popping pills, things like that, and 2019 rolls around. Um, it just felt like my life. Again, this is something that she does not have to share the details on, but I'm curious as to what kind of pills they were, if she's talking about, like, laxatives or caffeine pills or Percocet. Like there's there's a wide variety of pills that you could be quote unquote popping in an unhealthy way. And so I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just a naturally curious person. And if, you, if you're going to say like, I was popping pills, I was addicted to pills. I'm going to want to know what they were. Again, she doesn't have to share it. It's her story. She can share as much or as little as she is comfortable with, but I'm just curious. Life was moving so fast and yet Maybe that's a me problem. Maybe that's like an undesirable trait in me. I don't know, but I'm just being honest. Everything felt like it was stuck in in cement. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like when you feel like your life is spinning out of control, but yet you're still trying to control it. Yeah, you do. It's that you still have that one final like grip. You're like, you're, you're just hanging on. Yeah on the edge yeah. and you full well know, you know that it is, you are 
in the midst of a disastrous spin cycle. Yeah. Like you are literally in the washer yeah. and you're just going around and round yeah. and round and round mm-hmm. and you're it's holding on, but you can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause the world has such a, just a firm yeah. death grip on you. And that's what it is. That's what it is. It's a death grip. It is. Well, like, it's like, we know now, you know, the, this war we're fighting in life is not physical. It's spiritual. And the target is our soul. And I was so far from the Lord yet I'm posting scriptures and I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm a Christian. And then I'm going and having sex with guys or watching porn in my town home by myself. And it's just, it was terrible. So 20. It's interesting that right here, right now, she is admitting to presenting herself one way on social media, presenting herself as a Christian and somebody who has influence and is a Christian isn't necessarily a religious influencer, but it's like posting like they have, like they're, like they're very close to God, like they're very strong in their faith. Yet behind the scenes, she was the furthest she's ever been from God. And yet she's shocked when people question the authenticity of her motives behind she lives freed. Like past behavior pretty good predictor of future behavior. I mean, obviously people can change and just because somebody does something in the past doesn't mean that they're doing it now. But it's like, if if somebody steals from you, they might not ever steal from you again, but you're going to be a little bit suspicious leaving them in your house. It, that's just how things go. 19 rolls around. Um, you guys already know the story if you've been listening to the series, but I was flown out to Los Angeles to be the face of a booth out there and a prank was pulled on me. Um, A prank that humiliated me, but again, I didn't really, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't realize it was being filmed or recorded for YouTube's sake. And when that prank went live, that video went live, you know, I don't know if I shared this detail, babe. I don't, I don't think I did what I'm about to share. Um, I was, I was going to dinner. I was supposed to be going on a date that night. And my like manager, legit, like date date, or was just this one of the ones where you just went for a free dinner? No, this was legit. I mean, I had never met the guy, nor did I ever meet the guy because after this, he was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> He must have seen and the reason I bring America. that up is because I give Brit a hard time all the time. I'm sure she you was do. One of those girls mm-hmm. that would go to dinner with zero interest in the guy mm-hmm. just to get a free free meal. Because I was broken. I was using men for whatever I wanted that night. Food. Yeah. Other. I don't know if it was necessarily about the meals because, again, this was like the height of her fitness career after she got divorced and moved to Dallas. And she said in 2018, it was like the best year of her life. She was living her dream life, traveling, career, business, booming, money, all this stuff. And then this is 2019. So uh, I don't know that she necessarily needed to use them for food. But also, Jordan, like, Again, I said this in the last video. He cannot pass up an opportunity to take a dig at her. 
it's it, it like it makes it makes me sad as much as I don't like her I feel bad for people who are in relationships with people who belittle them like even if they're doing it in a joking way because at a certain point it's not a joke anymore it's not funny anymore and you have to like let it roll off your shoulders because otherwise it's going to cause a fight um but deep down like that can be really really hurtful uh so like just hearing him talk to her like that I don't like it things like it's terrible so I get this text this video goes live I get the text message and it's the video link to this YouTube page and I watch it and I'll never forget this moment um I I remember realizing what it was and having to one relive that trauma of that encounter all over again but two, um, I knew, I knew that the cycle was over because it was all crashing down and I, it feels like a scene out, out of a movie, but I, I remember dropping my phone, um, and sliding down my stairs screaming because I knew oh what was God. coming and within the first two hours, I lost my management, my contracts, my spot. Dude, that's a sign that you knew you were doing something wrong. Screaming and sliding down the stairs. Like that's the realization of, oh shoot, somebody filmed me getting exposed for something that I did wrong. And now everybody's going to know about it. Like you will never convince me that she did not know what she was doing when she was giving out those cookie cutter plans. It wasn't people slipping through the cracks. There's nothing she can say that will convince me otherwise. And I'm not saying that as a fact legally, like disclaimer, that's my opinion, but that's my opinion. She knew why else would she have that reaction? If it was something where it could be like, no, I didn't sell cookie cutter plans. Like I have individualized fitness plans. I, you know, like if, if it was, if it were something where she was accused of something that she didn't do, I could understand being like, oh God, we got to address this. Like, let me call my team up. Let me get my management. How do we prove that I didn't do this? Like, let's, let's handle this. That reaction is like, mm, I got caught. It's over. In my opinion, allegedly. Sponsors, my entire team, my reputation, the online fitness business that I had built, I lost everything. And it was like I was an onion and the Lord was stripping layer after layer after layer after layer away to get to my core. And I thought that was the worst it was going to be. And then the media started hitting me up. Every single major news network that one could imagine was in my email inbox. And so I went with Good Morning America. You guys know the story. Thinking that they would give me a fair place to share the truth. And they did nothing but truth manipulate it. Um, I felt good the morning after that interview thinking, okay, this is my chance to to get the truth out there and and mind you like at this point I I'm embarrassed to go out in public. I I'm humiliated. 
I'm already receiving death threats. I'm already receiving the the brunt of cancel culture. And then Good Morning America aired their story and completely manipulated the truth to what happened, to what was really going on. And any leg that I had left to stand on was completely knocked out from under me. I... I just remember feeling like I can't keep going. I I was receiving thousands of hate comments and not just like, oh, your hair looks bad. I'm saying like hateful comments, things that I don't even feel comfortable repeating. Death threats. I was being followed, um, stalked. Harassed. I mean, the, the list can go on. There were people on Reddit were posting my address. And um, I just, I remember being in such a dark place. Again, that would have had to have been on a different subreddit if this was in 2019, because the Brittany Dawn snark subreddit did not exist at that point. I think if she's going to make accusations like that, she should be a little bit more specific about who she's talking about. Um, but maybe it She's intentionally not doing that. So people think that it was the Brittany Dawn Snark subreddit um, and they like direct negative attention towards them or maybe she just doesn't remember. I'm not sure. Of. I'm so ashamed. To be who I am. And I'm, I'm not what they say I am. The, the comments of why don't you do us all a favor and go jump off a bridge and make this world a better place and put a gun to your head. I was already abusing pills. I was like, I could solve this. And on Valentine's Day of 2019, I wrote... A message to my sister. Hadn't hit send yet. And went and filled the bathtub up in my bathroom. Came downstairs. Had my phone there ready. And had a huge bottle of pills sitting right in front of me. And I I popped the cap off. And I went to take my first handful of handful to swallow as many as I could and uh, <laughs> thank God Jesus it's, it's hard to, to put into words <laughs> the the overwhelming love that I encountered in that moment. I remember falling. It was like something just knocked my feet out from under me. I fell to my knees and those pills went everywhere. There were hundreds of pills on my kitchen floor. And um, I remember just feeling this presence that I had never felt before in my life and 
I don't know how long it was sitting there. It, it could have been hours. It could have been all night. I had no agenda. I had nothing to live for at that moment. And what I didn't realize was that was exactly what the Lord needed to come in and, and save me from myself. And, um, I remember standing up from that floor and just being a different person. Like there was some radical supernatural shift in my heart in that moment. And it doesn't make sense. It's still to this day hard for me to put into words. But in a moment where I would have gone to hell, Jesus said, not you, not now. He, he left the 99 for the one. And he came and he set me free. And I'll forever be grateful for that. Um, so that moment forward, I, I was never the same. I didn't have a Bible. Um, I remember the next morning scrambling to get a Bible. I don't have anything to comment on that. Like I, I have nothing to add or anything that I want to dive into in terms of her talking about her suicide attempt. I think the concept of suicide is really tragic and I don't want anybody to ever feel like they are worthless or a burden or the world would be better if if they weren't here. People would be happier if I wasn't here or I'm in so much pain that if I do this, this will go away. Like it's a really devastating thing and, and it happens far too frequently and it like rips my heart out every time that I hear about it. So I like I, I feel bad that Brittany got to that place and I I don't ever want anybody to feel like that. So that that's my that's my comment on her telling that story. Um just kind of something to add for for context because I realized that a lot of people who um listen to my videos aren't Christian. Um, Brittany said like, you know, he left the 99 for the one. And so in case you were like, what does that mean? That comes from the Bible. Um, in the book of Matthew, there's a point where Jesus is talking and he kind of gives this example of like how uh, it's, it's a whole long thing. And I don't, I don't mean to like make it take away from, um, the, the topic at hand, but Jesus is like the good shepherd and we are his sheep. And so like, that's kind of a, a common theme of how Jesus is viewed or referred to by Christians. And so Jesus at one point says like, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off, isn't he going to leave the 99 to go look for the one? And when he finds the one, he's going to rejoice and he's going to be so excited. So kind of like surface level interpretation of that. I have not dug super deep into um, the context of those verses. So maybe there's a deeper meaning, but just kind of the way that it's used in, you know, in, in churches, if, if that story comes up, is that God's always going to come after you. He's going to pursue your heart. Even if you wander, even if you stray, God is going to try and find you because you matter to him. And so um, I, I just wanted to add that context because I know that Brittany does tend to like just throw out things and expect the audience to understand and maybe her audience does. But if you caught that and you were like, what does that mean? That's what it means. 
Amazon, as silly as it sounds, and I had no job. I had no work meetings. I literally had nothing going on. And so I would just spend hours in God's word. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what to read, how to read it. I just, I just let the Holy Spirit guide me. And, and he did. And pretty soon after that, I, um, I got plugged into to upper room and that's really where the Lord started doing open heart surgery on me and started sending me beautiful broken convictions of modesty and, and, um, changing how I was, you know, carrying myself and, and the things that I was living for and idols on my heart and sexual sin. And one by one by one, the Lord started removing those things from my life. And, um, he's definitely left a few thorns in my side, just like the Bible says, cause those have kept me close to him. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my, my testimony. And now I'm here and I was never the same person <laughs> forever marked, forever changed forever going to live for the glory of the Lord because I, I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be alive to be able to share this testimony, but I am by the grace of God. And yeah. Like I said earlier, some people, some people have these, they find the Lord when they're on a mountaintop and they're not in a valley. Yeah. And uh, both of our stories are our valleys. Yeah. Um, after full well knowing for the majority of our adult lives that Jesus was the answer and he is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you you got to get to the end of yourself. Yeah. Before you can realize that he is that answer. Well, and that all the all the fame and and the career and the money and it's fleeting. It's all fleeting. It's, it's all going to fade away. And you know, the, the enemy wants us to be so distracted by the things that are physically in front of us because it's a war against our soul. And I'm so grateful that the Lord, I'll dare to say, I'm grateful for everything that happened. Yeah. Okay. So, Obviously, it's Brittany's testimony, and she has her notes, and like she can frame it in whatever she, whatever way she wants. I feel like I'm so annoying in this episode because I want to make it abundantly clear that I'm not trying to criticize her faith or her relationship with God or her, her story, which by all by all accounts sounds um, very personal and impactful to her. So like I'm not trying to be nitpicky or anything, but something that bothers me a lot about when people. Um, talk about like coming to a Christ later in life is that sometimes it can be presented as like, here's this long, awful history of horrible things that happened to me and awful things that I did and things that I'm not proud of and I'm ashamed of and all this bad, terrible, awful stuff. 
And then I encountered the Lord and I was never the same. And it can kind of give the impression that like once you become a Christian or once you get baptized, once you find Jesus or, you know, you find your faith, whatever, then everything's different. And and maybe for some people it is. And I think perspective wise, like your mind does have a shift when you decide to um, follow Christ or become a Christian, like, you know, any religion really, once you find that thing that you're, that you're like, this is it for me. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to live my life. Obviously, perspective wise, there's a mental shift, but everything that you were struggling with up until that point, that still exists. Like that's still there. And Brittany said that God gave her convictions about modesty and her actions and stuff like that. And I want to hear, I think it would be super helpful, especially for people who become religious later in life or people who follow her, who became Christians later in life. If we had uh, if as a collective, like Christians put more focus on what it looks like after you find Jesus, what happens after you find Jesus? Because if you are living in a way that is completely opposite of how you want to live now as a Christian, you're going to have some growing pains. You're going to have some issues still like you're going to have to overcome certain things. You know, you're still going to have habits from before you decided to live a different way and you're still going to have relationships with people from before you decided to live a different way. So I want to hear like, what does that look like? What did your family say? What did your friends say? Did you lose relationships from this? What did it look like to struggle with her her conviction of modesty? Again, I have a different view on modesty. I do not align with Brittany's like upholding of it as like one of the most important things in the world. And we just have a different perspective. I don't need to go deep into it. But if you're saying like God convicted you in the way that you were dressing, what did it look like to go through that? How did it happen? Like, did you gradually change your clothes? Like what, what was the deal? Did you lose friends because you were acting differently? I just think it's good to share those things. So people don't think like I, people who become Christians later in life don't think I found Jesus. Now everything's different. I'm not going to have any problems. Like everything's going to be smooth sailing because that's definitely not as a Christian, you are still going to go through tough stuff. You're going to go through bad things. You're going to go through tough lessons. Like things are not just going to be easy for you simply because you're following God. In fact, it says like as a Christian, you're going to face hardships and trials and how you act in those things is something that's going to build your faith. Like the way that you respond to those things is a reflection of how much you trust God and where you're at in your journey. And so again, like I, this is a totally wild tangent, not related to what Brittany is saying in this moment. But I would love to hear what that transformation looked like after she came to Christ, after she started going to church. What what followed that? How did it happen? How did it look? What did you experience? What challenges did you have? Because it's not like I had all these awful things happen in my past. Now I'm a Christian and everything's perfect. It's not how it goes. And I want people to be open and honest about the tough stuff that they go through even after finding God. Because again, as a Christian, like I don't want somebody to um, believe in God and like start going to church and like throw themselves into it and then get discouraged or feel like they're doing something wrong or God isn't real because they're still experiencing hardship and be like, well, never mind. Like I Never mind. I thought things were going to be totally different and I still experience the same trials and tribulations of being a human on earth. And so I'm out because people painted 
Christianity or being a Christ follower in one way when that's not really the reality of it. That's just me. That's my opinion. I I would like to hear more about the after finding Christ part of her life as opposed to, um, you know, spending 40 minutes talking about prior to that and then only having like five minutes at the end of being like, yep, and then I found Christ and now I'm different. I want more. Like I'm just, I'm trying to like tug it out of her. I'm like, come on, give it, just give us a little bit more. Give us what happened after. Because I think it would be like, genuinely, I think it's, it's helpful for people to hear those things. Because at the end of it all was Jesus. At the end of my rope was Jesus. And if it takes going through everything that I went through to sit at the feet of the Father, it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh, I'm really proud of you. You kept that at 45 minutes. (laughs) I'm proud of myself for being able to go into details because, like I said, I'm used to the cliff notes version and I, I didn't think I was going to get choked up as much as I have. I don't know why, yes, I guess just because it feels way more vulnerable this time around than oh. you've gotten choked up for the past three episodes. I feel like you probably knew that you were going to get emotional with this one. What's the point of saying that you didn't think that you were going to get choked up? You did great. Thanks, babe. Yeah. So happy to be here to help and make noise and you know, just all be a in a china cabinet. Just all around mess things up. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> well, I mean, amen. Did you not just hear my testimony? <laughs> right. I'm a walking train rack saved yeah. by the grace of God. Just the conductor. Yeah, well, God is. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. Well, we are going to wrap this up. Um, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to my testimony. And I pray that if there's anything in here that correlated with your journey or your life or the things that you've walked through and lived through, that they, that my story would point you to Christ, that you would see that he is the answer. He is the, the end all be all. Um, and that with him and through him, we can overcome and we can heal. And the Lord comes to set the captive free. That's what he did for me. And I know with my whole heart, um, because of what the living word of God says that he wants to do that for you listening to this right now too. So if that's you and you don't know how to walk this walk out, or you want to know the Lord and you you aren't sure where to start, please feel free to message us on the chiseled and called podcast Instagram. We would love to chat with you. I'm a voice memo queen and I love sending voice memos and I would love to love on you. So Thank you guys so much again, and we will see you guys, talk to you guys, see you guys, talk to you guys in the next episode. That was a tough one for me to react to just because it was um, Brittany sharing her testimony, and I always want to be respectful of people's religious beliefs and their experiences, especially as it relates to something that is so deeply personal and like meaningful in their lives, you know, like somebody's religion typically tends to mean a lot to them. So um, it, it that was a tough one. But I do think there were certain elements that she brought up that um, opened up some like good, I don't want to say conversations because it's just me in a room by myself. But maybe if you resonate with anything that 
got brought up or any point that I made, like we can have discussions about it in the comments section. So again, this was one where I definitely um, treaded a little bit more lightly, but I hope that you still enjoyed hearing my thoughts on it and I would love to hear your opinions. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this specific episode. It's fun to see your responses because it's kind of like a, a comment section, really. The Q&A just says like, what did you think of this episode? It's generated by Spotify. And so it's like a place for you to share your thoughts, which I think is really cool because typically you can't do that on podcasts. So I like it. I like seeing your responses there. Anyway, leave a comment on YouTube or a response if you're listening on Spotify. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating and or review, that would be incredible. And if you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.